welcome to the Tune In with Marcy podcast, where we always know that being you takes so much courage. Where you're joined by me, host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, every week for eye-opening, deep, real talk conversations on connecting to our intuition, personal power, the universe, and creating authentic relationships with each other. I want you to get ready for practical tips, inspiring stories, and answers to your burning questions. You know what they are that keep keeping you up at night. Whether you're struggling with overcoming fear to follow your life's passion, or you're experiencing Groundhog Day with repeating unhealthy patterns, this podcast is for you, sensitive soul. So get ready to live your truth. A quick note, this podcast sometimes has adult language because these are adult conversations. So plan accordingly, whether that means turning it off when kids are around or using your earbuds and earphones. Now on to this week's episode. I can't wait for you to listen. Hey there, and welcome to Tune In with Marcy. This is episode 14, and we're exploring what I believe is a global call to develop our intuition right now. In this episode, I talk about collective messages my guides have been sharing with me about this global pandemic, what spiritual lessons we can learn so far from the changes we've experienced since the outbreak, why I believe intuition is actually at the center of some of these current and future changes, the fundamental imbalances that are attempting to correct right now, and how we got out of balance in the first place, and how developing our intuition can help us and support us right now in these turbulent times. Before you continue listening to the show, please take a moment to share this episode with a friend, a family member, or someone you know who needs to hear this today and tag me on Instagram. I'm at Marcy Moberg, M-A-R-C-I-M-O-B-E-R-G to let me know that you're listening. I love to know when my listeners are tuning in. So let's go and uh, dive into this week's episode. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, and thanks for tuning in today in these wild times. If you're listening in real time, hello, we're still in the global pandemic. I think we're going to be here for a while. And if you're like me and my friends right now, you've been very, or you've become rather very familiar with the insides of your home in a way that maybe you haven't before because you've been spending a lot more time inside as a part of social distancing, lockdown, or self-quarantine as a result of this global coronavirus pandemic. And if you've been practicing social distancing, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. If you have been self-quarantining yourself to keep others safe, thank you for doing that. Um, I just want to thank you personally as someone who is high risk as someone who has a body that has chronic illness and underlying health conditions. So thank you. This week I'm kicking off a, a series focused on developing our intuition. And uh, as usual, it's coming at precisely the right time. I planned for this, um, this series to, to happen now. So it's very interesting to me that it's happening at the time when this whole like pandemic is happening. Because you see, for the last several months, I started getting some really strong messages from my 
spirit guides and how that has shown up for me is in dreams at nighttime, in meditation, through synchronicities, and even in even there's been cases actually where some of my friends over the last six to eight months actually received messages directly about and for me, um, which is really interesting because that's kind of unprecedented for me to have that happen with multiple friends to tell me that intuition needs to take the lead role even more in my work, even, even more than it already has. And while I knew that my guides were right, I mean, it felt true to me. Generally, when they guide me about something, it always feels true. But this felt very, resonated very strongly, felt very true. Um, Intuition has, you know, always been a big part of my life. And increasingly over the last six to seven years since I've been doing this work, the last year and a half, I've focused a a good chunk of my time on more of a human, what I would call human-centered needs Um, as I've been doing some very deep, 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 deep new layers of healing around past trauma. And so when they said this, uh, you know, it's, it's felt very true. And I feel like it's just as I've been moving through the beginning of 2020, that I've then started to feel like, okay, I have potentially more space to follow their, their guidance And I, so all that to say that I knew that their message was right. And I was really confused by their urgency because there was a level of urgency. So I, I, I've, you know, communicated with my guides for many, many years now. And sometimes they'll give me a message over and over again because, you know, they're trying to lovingly reinforce something that they've some guidance they've given me which then therefore usually translates into action and then there's cases where they reinforce guidance from a place of urgency and that has been what's happening and I was a little bit like confused like what what's up with this what feels like a sense of urgency that I was feeling from them that was kind of really interesting uh, particularly because they've never in, in my recollection, I don't think they've ever sent a single message into the dreams of multiple friends. <laughs> so after months and months of receiving these messages, I made some commitments to my guides at the beginning of the year, and I decided that I would lead my Intuition 101 course sooner than I was originally planning to and hosted this spring. By the way, if you are not already on my email list, make sure to join at the link in the show notes so that you are the first to know when the doors to Intuition 101 open on Monday, April 6th. I also made a commitment to finally lead a next level intuition course for all Intuition 101 alumni members. And this was another really big step for me um, to really further take that lead to be in an even more expanded leadership role that I know that I'm here to play by creating a movement of sensitives who are not just only tuned into their intuition, but have a certain level of mastery with their intuition. So I made those decisions. And once I finally made these commitments to allow intuition to have more space in my business, something interesting happened, and that was the coronavirus outbreak. And as I found myself getting sucked back into my human needs, 
from, you know, kind of being triggered by and just naturally unfolding from the coronavirus, like questions around finances and very real fears and anxieties that I was feeling. Um, I found my guides inviting me to remember the intuitive and unseen world once again. And they were inviting me and reminding me that we have spirit needs just as much as we have human needs in these term turbulent times. And that makes But then something interesting happened. My guides made it very clear that this urgency for me to bring intuition front and center was not just for my work, but part of this greater message for the collective. And their level of urgency over the last six to eight months was to prepare me for what is unfolding and the invitation we're facing. Now, let's get this clear. It's not like I had a clear sense of what was going to happen here. No, it's more like this pandemic happened. And then as they kind of kept reinforcing this message for me over and over and over again, after I had already made these decisions, I started getting really curious and kind of understanding more from them around, well, why are you continuing to reiterate this? Um, and then it became clear that this was not just a personal message, but a, a message for the collective. So this all seemed a bit daunting, to be honest, since I don't normally kind of openly channel messages for the collective. So I kind of nodded to them when, when they said, you know, hey, this is not just for you, but this is for the collective, then I really felt terrified by the idea of stepping out and sharing messages that were for more than just the coziness of my own personal relationship with my guides. And so... Then, as the universe would have it, which is what normally happens, the universe is very loving and my guides are super kind at gently guiding me and like nudging me into, um, in, they're really good at nudging me slowly bit by bit on my path into the role that I'm here to play. Um, and I'm very grateful for that because they're very gentle sometimes. <laughs> And uh, so what ended up happening was this week, someone on Facebook actually posted a question and they, you know, asked me, um, I would be curious, you know, about your thoughts on spiritual shifts going on underneath the outbreak. Do you see that this um, breakout, it, you know, this kind of big break in control and schedules and normal life is healing, is uh, healing or reordering things that we're spiritually unhealthy in our country or society or culture or world as a whole, you know, what's your perspective on this? Um, so when I saw it, I just smiled with myself going, okay, I see you spirit guides, you know, doing that thing that you do to gently nudge me. And, um, so here I am taking the invitation to try to share some snippets of that. And, I wrote this person back and just kind of basically wrote yes in capitals um, and agreed that I would start to share a little bit about this. So what's the invitation so far as I understand it? Now, please understand this is my perspective. This is the guidance I've received, received that is channeled through my guides this is guidance that I have found helpful myself. These are um, 
the awarenesses that I'm receiving. And I'm just inviting you to notice what resonates with you because whatever resonates with you is are, are the pieces that are meant to be for you from more of a collective level, if that makes sense. Collective meaning transcending just um, what's relevant for my path and where I am in relationship to this pandemic. And if none of this resonates with you, that's okay too. You may be getting invited into something very different from your guides and you can enjoy this episode as a spectator and being curious about um, how I'm experiencing this through my guides. And as I move through the episode, I'll be talking more a little bit about intuition development and what the heck is that? And why should we do it? And what happens when we do develop our intuition of those pieces, which I do think you will find interesting. So yeah, just my little disclaimer, because I think part of my reticence in uh, openly channeling for people is I never want people to receive what I say or perceive what I say as ultimate statements and more rather as uh, invitation for reflection, we'll just say. Yeah, that feels important. So what's the invitation so far as I understand it? It's to normalize the intuitive and the unseen. Again, um, the intuitive and the unseen parts of life were a normal, integrated, essential part of the fabric of life and society and culture for a very long time. And it's, they still do remain very intact in some cultures and societies. However, where I am located currently in the United States and in the um, quote-unquote Western world, uh, the intuitive and the unseen is not, I would say, centralized in our culture. It is getting more space. It is gaining some traction, but it's still seen as on the fringe. And this is actually a pretty new phenomenon if you look at things historically. I also believe the invitation is to expand our awareness to include the other than human in our consciousness, in our relationships, in our life, like the animals, the plants, the trees, the very, very diverse nature spirits, the waterways, the land, the earth. There are so many beings that exist on this plane of existence. I feel really, really grateful because intuition as a gateway, intuition, my, my intuitive gateways that opened many years ago slowly allowed me to start accessing that realization. And, um, and that has been really furthered over the last year as I've started to study herbalism. And I'm just so grateful 
around how fundamentally learning about the plants is just, what do I want to say? Learning about the plants and their immense level of consciousness is just reinforcing for me what I have come to know very, very deeply in my bones about the wider world around us and the unseen world. And that is that just because what surrounds us does not speak in the same way that we as humans speak, it does not mean they are not speaking and it does not mean that they do not want a relationship with us. In fact, it's, again, a very new thing, and new thing meaning recent, if you look at the long, long, long line of history, that humans have not been in an interconnected relationship <clears throat> consistently across the board with animals and plants and trees and fungi, and the water, and the air, and, 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 and unseen spirits, and the understanding that there are different kinds of spirits, and angels, and, you know, those many, many layers of fabric of life that are both seen and unseen, and that are both heard and unheard. Heard meaning that you can hear a bird, chirping and singing, but you don't really hear it in the sense that many of us don't interact with birds in a relational way like we do with humans. And yet that is exactly what I believe we're being invited to do. I think we're also being invited to face the trauma and the unhealed wounds that we can no longer run from. And we can't run from them because we find ourselves locked in our homes Literally, you cannot run away. <clears throat> Literally, you cannot run away from your discomfort. Um, this is something that's not uh, new to me in a sense because I have uh, dealt with chronic illness on and off my whole life. So I have gone through long periods of time where I've been indoors and didn't go outdoors or was... Um, bedridden. Uh, When I was first diagnosed with Lyme, I was instructed essentially to stay in bed for a whole month to really, really rest and rejuvenate my nervous system and rejuvenate my my physical um, energy, my chi. So, you know, I feel really grateful in that sense because all of those experiences of chronic illness, um, different retreats that I went on when I would go for, you know, when I've gone for 10 day retreats and just sat with myself for 10 days have really prepared me for this moment. And I feel really grateful. And for many of us, it's extremely uncomfortable because maybe we haven't really been, we have really haven't stayed this still for a very long time. And we haven't been, inside of our house, kind of. And I would say that this pandemic, because it's so primal, because there is the very, very real risk of death from this virus, I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that to acknowledge that this is not an everyday cold that we're dealing with. This is a 
<clears throat> an organism that we're dealing with that has created death and has the potential to create death. And so since it feels like death is a little bit more closer to our doorstep and the uncertainty of death is there for ourselves and perhaps other people we know, that primal feeling is really, really triggering a lot of the primal core wounds and unhealed traumas, unaddressed unaddressed traumas inside of ourselves. And I really do think that this moment where we're literally shut indoors is this opportunity to do some very, very, very deep inner work. It's not just about physically cleaning your house. It's about cleaning the house of your heart. I also think this is an invitation to tune into our hearts, to tune into listening to that space. So often we're just up in our heads thinking, 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 or just moving the body to like do, do, do. And this moment of time, people have a lot of space on their hands. Um, You know, this is kind of kind of quasi-normal for me because I do work for myself and I work at home. And so I spend most of my days at my home. That's a not a new thing for me. And I have more spaciousness by nature around my schedule because I'm not in the car kind of commuting or on the subway commuting like I used to do. So I even just have that spaciousness. And so now that everyone has that, we have a little bit more spaciousness in a different way of, of kind of some aspects of the busyness that we normally would engage with. We're not. And that space, I believe, is an invitation to tune into our hearts, tune into our hearts. I also believe that we're being invited to consider and value the collective over the purely individual. I think that that's a really important invitation here in the quote unquote West in the United States where I live in, um, in this country where I think that the individual has been prized for a long time. And not in a healthy way. I think that exploring and learning how to honor your individual needs in a relationship and in a job and things like that, that's very healthy. But this almost cowboy, cowgirl, cow person-like mentality of you know, placing the individual before the greater collective has done a lot of harm. And I think right now we really are being pushed and nudged and invited to value the collective because right now the collective is what I see is keeping a lot of us, um, alive and together. It's the collective decision to social distance that will literally keep more people safe. It's the collective decisions that are happening in neighborhoods to support elderly, you know, elder neighbors and uh, neighbors who have compromised immune systems to, to give them groceries and supplies and you know that is the collective and because 
from my perspective, a lot of the leadership at the top of the federal government has really failed us in these times in the United States. It's really the collective of the state, the local level leaders that are stepping up and making really important decisions on behalf of collective communities. And so I really think it's an invitation to take a look at this kind of cow person, (laughs) you know, um, charging forward individualistic way that we have encultured ourselves that is not serving us right now. There are, is not serving us right now. Yeah, I could say a lot about that, but I'm going to, I'm going to stop there. I also think the invitation is really to feel, to feel all the feelings we've never wanted to feel. And that may include, you know, a collective sense of grief. And I don't think, you know, I think the collective grief that's coming up right now is it's not just collective grief around, wow, so many people are suffering and dying, but it's rather a recognition of, wow, our decisions as a species has had devastating consequences. And that's big. It's big. Um, feelings of, wow, our decisions as a society um, has meant that our health system is not prepared for this. Things like that. But also the feelings of our traumas that we haven't processed. Yeah, back to that too. I think that it's an invitation to be in our bodies, in our bodies for real, because we can't escape it. We're like home, we're here. (laughs) It's an invitation to be in our bodies and not stuck in our heads anymore. And it's in our bodies that we feel. It's in our bodies that we feel. It's in our bodies that our unhealed wounds lift. It's in our bodies that our trauma resides. And I think that the invitation is to take space from the material world and to dive into the meaningful, you know, whether it's, um, I see, I've seen parents, uh, and I've also seen friends, you know, recognize, oh, wow, I can't go get my haircut or I can't take my child to get my haircut. I guess I'm going to have to figure this out myself. Well, maybe that means that that haircut and that hairstyle doesn't like quote unquote, look as nice as it would need to. Or I've seen jokes of people on social media about how great their skin is looking after as a woman after not wearing makeup. Um, And people maybe who are not able to because of where you're living, maybe things are locked down and you're not able to eat out in the same way. And so you're needing to cook at home. There's just a lot of limitations or, or even people who are having, are feeling the economic reverberations of this. And that has some very real, um, impacts and changes on what you can actually do in the material world. And so I really think we're being invited to take space from the material and to dive into the meaningful, to dive into the meaningful. And overarching, I see this as a rise. I I think this is something that's been happening for years. Um, for years and years and years, I think there's been a growing rise in what we might be, we might call the quote unquote feminine, the yin, the rest, the receptive, the intuitive, 
in a world that's been very deeply out of balance with an exaggerated, I would say, an exaggerated domination uh, or dominant lens or dominant imprint of the quote-unquote masculine yang doing thinking rationalization and I think that that paradigm for a long time has been outdated we've been feeling the uh, effects of it we've been feeling the imbalances of it and now I think that that's really coming to a head so in many ways I don't feel that this is quote-unquote a new invitation I feel that the urgency of the, invi- the, the invitation is new and the global nature of the invitation is new to really take a hard look at coming back into balance. And part of um, the feminine is recognizing that we haven't valued that. We haven't, you know, the way that... Um, that the earth, the way that... Uh, people who are socialized as women have been treated is devastating to say the least. And that how we treat the feminine in our human society is very much reflected in how we treat the quote unquote feminine manifestation um, vis-a-vis the earth and nature. And um, so in many ways, I don't see this as a new invitation. Um, However, I do feel it's new to have this invitation delivered on such a massive social scale right now, which is telling us we have to change. We have to change. You look at what experts are saying about this pandemic, and they're saying that this pandemic is um, something that global health experts have been predicting for a very long time, and they see the connections very deeply to climate change and to the way that we are relating to the greater world around us. And we have to change. We need to change our relationship with the environment and with the earth. We need to change our social structures that benefit a few and disenfranchise many. We need to remember and cultivate our interconnectedness with each other and the wider world around us. We need more balance between our resting and our doing, our thinking and our feeling, our rational and our intuitive. And ultimately, I see intuition as one of the key bridge makers for this old reality to step into or to be shed from and to step into a new reality where we can co-create together. So three questions I think that come to my mind that I'm I'm reflecting on and that I see are kind of underpinning some of these invitations and these observations that I've seen so far and the questions are will we cooperate or continue to compete? Will we have compassion or continue to judge? Will we open our hearts or will we choose to wear masks? And I think in the end, it's really up to us. It's up to, up to us to choose.
Hey there, Marcy here. I just wanted to pop in and tell you about some really exciting opportunities for you to dive even deeper into my work and a lot of different uh, ways that you can do that that I have coming up. First one is if you're listening to this the week that this episode is live, that's the week of March 30th, I am leading a session on Thursday, April 2nd in the evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time called Connecting with Spirit in Turbulent Times. And what we'll be doing is I'm gathering a group of people. You can be any level, complete beginner to tuning in with your guides to someone who's super experienced. And we're going to be coming together and I'll be leading you through a group ritual to tap into our spirit guides in this time and brings back some guidance um, about this challenging time that we're experiencing. And we'll also be, I'll be sharing some more about the collective messages that I am receiving. So that, that'll be a gathering opportunity. I have specifically created the cost to be something that is, I believe, accessible. So it's a $10 donation. If for any reason you can absolutely cannot do the $10 donation, then there's the opportunity to just email me and um, I want to make sure that anyone who wants to attend can attend. So link to that in the show notes. The other exciting thing coming up is the week of April 6th. I'm opening the doors to Intuition 101. That's my life-changing practical course on intuition development. A to Z, how do you develop your intuition? A to Z, how do you understand how spirit guides speak to you specifically? A to Z, how do you understand how your inner voice sounds, feels, how you experience it? What are your intuitive strengths? That's what that course is all about. It is a foundational course. It is way more than a one-on-one. I've thought about renaming it. Might do that in the future. This time I'm just keeping it as Intuition 101 because so many people know it as such. But you should know that it's more than a one-on-one. It's a very deep course. It's rich. Make sure that you're on my email list so you are the first to know when doors open. And lastly, I have some really exciting news, and that is that I have created a Patreon. Um, and this Patreon is going to be a community of sensitives like yourself, sensitive souls who are waking up to their intuition, who are reconnecting to their intuition. I want to create a movement of people to do that. And it's a really nice opportunity. If you have benefited from this podcast episode, from other podcast episodes, from my blog, from my emails, from the posts that I share on social media, this is an opportunity for you to support my work. And I've been, uh, people have asked about something like this for a long time, and I needed to do a lot of kind of inner work myself to get to a place where I felt really, really comfortable to receive in this way. And now's the time. Now's the time for me to deepen my relationship with you, my community. Um, there you'll see that there's different levels. There's levels for, um, just continuing to support my work in some, um, nominal, meaningful way. Um, and that, that I also feel like is accessible and all the way up to other levels where you get additional benefits like bonus episodes of the podcast, um, live Q and A's with me that are only for Patreon supporters. So link to that is also in the show notes. 
I really, really hope that I will get to quote unquote meet you, <laughs> whether it's on the Patreon or in my upcoming uh, session on connecting with spirit or in my intuition one-on-one course in the future. It's really a great opportunity to take what I teach and really kind of dive in and translate things into action. So those are all the opportunities to support and all the opportunities to keep journeying together. Now back to this week's episode. Welcome back. I just wanted to start this next part of this podcast episode by sharing a direct message that I collected in my journal um, the other week from my guides. And I thought it was such a really, really beautiful message. And I wanted to share it with you because I thought it might resonate with you as we continue to dive further. And the message they gave me was keep one foot in the liminal to know how to navigate the material. It's in this bridged approach that you walk your life with wholeness. Sure not to forget who you are, why you're here, and where you're invited to go. So how did we get so out of balance in the first place? How much time do you have? (laughs) Okay, I have to do like the short highlights version of this. There's a lot of interesting books out there that have chapters, I think, that kind of capture pieces of this. But I want to start with a really wonderful quote from Albert Einstein that I think sums up well some of how we got out of balance. And he said, The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. I'll say that again. The intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. In other words, we made the executor in our lives, like the executor of our mind, to be the visionary. And it's actually the intuitive parts of ourselves. It's that part of us that can be plugged into the intuitive nature of life and the unseen. That's where the visionary piece lives. And there's a couple ways that this actually happened over time. A reductionist perspective of medicine is the primary lens that took over over time. And that limited and later devalued the role of intuitive wisdom. The prioritization of wisdom from books over wisdom born from experience, direct experience. The isolation over time by powerful religious forces like Christianity and uh, powerful political forces like colonialization pushed a more what we would call animistic, intuitive-centered belief system. So this, this understanding that everything is alive and has a consciousness, that every, um, you know, like trees and plants and animals and microbes, like everything has a consciousness, is, is, has a personhood in a sense. 
forces like Christianity and colonization over time pushed these beliefs to the edges. These beliefs actually were integrated in a lot of Western Europe belief systems. They were very land-based, they were very deeply connected to land, and they had more of this animistic perspective, more of this spiritual perspective that everything was animated and has a consciousness. And these uh, forces over time really pushed these beliefs to the edges and they were viewed as demonized, they were viewed as primitive and even outlawed. And if we look at, for example, even in the United States, did you know that in the United States, it was not until 1978 that there was the enactment of the American Indian Religious Freedom Act that gave full freedom, finally, to Native Americans to practice their own spiritual beliefs, rituals, and ceremonies? 1978, y'all, that's not that long ago. So there's this, there's like a long history of pushing any sort of kind of land-based beliefs uh, where kind of the earth and the land is centered. And there's a long history of taking these belief systems that interact with the world around them as more of a collective interpersonhood spiritual connection like they've been pushed to the edges for a long time all the way up until 1978 so we're not talking about something that happened a long time ago we're talking about something that was continuing until recent even here in this in our own country if you're from the united states or if you live in the united states we're also looking at social sciences with a colonialist lens at times that put a primitive lens on people who were connecting with spirit in this way that I'm talking about and objectifying them as research subjects rather than, um, you know, really identifying them and valuing them as spiritual practitioners that had valid belief systems. And a shift in Western culture where these land-based beliefs that used to exist and were inherent in traditions like in Celtic culture. Um, And the idea that there was, you know, these land-based beliefs were centered in the culture and that healing practitioners, and they they went by lots of different titles and lots of different names, but, you know, a healing practitioner that dealt with bridging these liminal spaces that was really a conduit for dream time, that was someone who would, you know communicate with animals and the land and the plants and would maybe even work directly with plants for medicine. These healing arts practitioners um, now no longer serve in, uh, in central roles in our communities. They're, they're not kind of like at the epicenter. They're not, we don't have like the wisdom keepers, the elders, the medicine men, women, and people like we don't have those now. Um, it's starting to come back, but overarching. It's not a central role that we know and look to. Those of us who value that still are honestly on the fringes. And I can say all this has been really challenging for someone like myself, personally, as a healing arts practitioner born into a society where the previous traditional fabric of society of an intact community that I would 
you know, traditionally serve and would in turn, we would have this very beautiful symbiotic relationship where I would serve them and they in turn would serve me and ensure that my needs were, were met so that I can continue to do what would be considered very valued and sacred work to the inherent health, mental, emotional, and spiritual health of the community as a whole and their individual members, like that doesn't exist. And so instead to fulfill my sacred role, I really needed to learn how to translate this very sacred work that I'm here to do into a capitalistic system that does not really have a sacred layer to it. Um, And and in essence, that capitalistic system really encourages people like me to compete for work rather than to be supported to serve. So I've had to do like my own little, you know, journey around um, economics and and figuring out ways that I could operate in and. In, in a way that felt like it was in alignment with my own integrity and the role that the very sacred role that I am here to play. In other words, there's been like this really big breakdown in dominant knowledge and societal and cultural structures that previously put the intuitive, the unseen, this land-centered, land-based perspective was at the epicenter of life and, and it got moved across the board to the edges and sometimes non-existence. There are some layers to that that are very gendered because a lot of <clears throat> the practitioners um, in these in, in societies that would play these kind of traditional medicine roles in some cultures, while there were medicine men, a lot of what they have found in archaeological digs is actually that a lot of people who played these roles were women. So there is um, there is like a gendered layer to this as well. If you're looking for a good resource about some of the fizzle, like philosophical turns that I think are pretty interesting, you can check out Sharon Blackie's book, The Enchanted Life, where she traces the steps of key Western philosophers that shaped thinking today in the West, like Aristotle, Plato, and more. And I'm talking about it from that perspective because that is the structure that I live in and operate from. And Um, therefore I feel like that's the one that I'm being invited to talk about and it's the land where I live on and it's the society where I'm experiencing this global pandemic. Um, so if you are listening to this and you don't live in the United States or what people may call the Western world, you live somewhere else in the world, I think it would be really interesting to do your own exploration to get a sense of, um, what does that philosophical turn and trajectory look like? And how is the intuitive centered or not centered where you live right now? And how is that valued or not valued? And what does that look like? So let's talk about intuition development now. What is intuition development? Intuition development is an intentional practice, I would say, to develop one's connection to intuitive knowing. And intuition is accessed through receptive muscles in the system. Receiving intuitive information really takes time. It takes practice. It takes consistent practice. And by developing one's connection to our intuitive, uh, our intuition intentionally, we can receive and access spiritual guidance on a consistent rather than an accidental basis. So sometimes I get asked the question, okay, well, 
if I develop my intuition, will I become psychic? My answer is maybe. I mean, maybe. (laughs) Many people believe that um, people who are psychic, you know, I would say like traditionally how people talk about being psychic in this world, we kind of some in in a pauper culture is talked about as being able to tell the future. And that's not how I understand the world, the word personally. For me, being psychic is someone who intentionally practices connection to and honing in on their intuition. In other words, being psychic conveys a certain level of mastery of the world of intuition at large. And for me, when I'm talking about intuition, I'm talking about this wider net. I'm talking about both that kind of um, part of our brain that's able to see patterns that's not and make connections that's not quote unquote rational, but able to recognize those patterns and those connections. I'm talking about our internal like heart's voice, our inner voice, our soul's voice. I'm talking about our spirit guides. I'm talking about the the seen, unheard voices around us, like the plants. Um, the animals, and I'm also talking about the unseen spirits like ancestors, angels, wandering spirits, etc., etc., etc. Like there's a lot of layers of what exists there. So that's what I'm talking about, just so we're on the same page. And um, it, so if you develop your intuition consistently, you might develop a level of mastery that empowers you to be quote unquote psychic. And again, that. I don't see psychic as equal telling the future. And I also don't believe that intuition as a tool in and of itself is meant to be something that's telling the future. It's rather meant to be a way to access guidance to inform your steps right now in the present, right now in the present. And sometimes we can get intuitive information that's about the future but it's really to inform us when that future becomes present, if that makes sense. So that's like what I kind of started this episode all about when I was sharing about my own guidance that I received and then recognizing, oh, this is actually, I see they're telling me this is not just for me, this is actually some guidance for the collective. So then it became information for the present. Hopefully you followed me on all those little different turns around the corners there. But I don't think that that's, you know, so I don't think, I don't think like, I want to be psychic is a reason to develop your intuition. If that's your thing, okay, but that's really not, I think, what it's not why I'm here. I'm here to say that everyone is psychic at some level. Everyone is intuitive at some level. Everyone can master your intuition. <clears throat> and I think it's really important to let go of this this association with the future and fortune telling and the need for it to be linked. Cause I don't believe that that's the, what do I want to say? I don't believe that that's the most nuanced and deep and rich way that you can engage intuition. I think that's quite limited actually, to be honest. So then The other thing I want to kind of end with is I want to say why I think it's important to develop your intuition. So this whole journey that we've been on together in this episode, I've talked about, you know, I believe that this is a call to turn towards our intuition. And then I talked about what the heck is intuition development in the first place. And now what I want to talk about, like, well, why develop your intuition? Why do that? 
Why do that period? Why do that right now? And so these are kind of like my top 10 reasons. I would say, number one, you can access valuable information about the past, present, and the future. Um, And what I mean by the future is it can inform your sense of a vision of where to move forward towards in the future. You, You may receive a vision of what you're being invited to step into. So for example, you know, I received a vision over the last six months of really expanding my role as a leader in the realm of intuition and that field and really owning that leadership in an even more powerful way. So that was this greater vision about the future that my guides gave me consistently time and time again. And now in this present, that information is guiding my action steps, the steps I'm actually taking. And intuition also can give us information about the past in terms of understanding how the past maybe has led us to where we are today can help us to meaning make meaning make out of our past. Um, I also find that intuition helps us to, you know, have life just sometimes can get a little bit easier, or we could say more graceful or more gentle when you are listening, because we can have like these signs and synchronicities along the way, big and small nudges that guide us and can feel a little bit less like we're just kind of hanging out there in the total uncertainty can feel more joy as you start to let go of what quote unquote should be and you allow what is. I do think that when we allow our intuition to be a big part of our life, it's this amazing vessel for supporting us to really soften into um, the shoulds and embracing the what is. And it's not to embrace what is in the sense like if your circumstances are really um, not okay. If you're, for example, you know, in an abusive situation, it's not about embracing that you're in an abusive situation. No, it's about perhaps really acknowledging that, that, like acknowledging what's happening and therefore you can take intuitive guidance to take new steps forward, if that makes sense. So it's about really supporting. I do think I find the intuition really supports, um, it's, it's really helped heal, a lot of my attachment and desire to control sometimes that part of me that comes from my past. So I find that intuition, developing our intuition can support us in challenging times. Oh, like right now, (laughs) Um, because you're no longer doing life alone. There are really, really amazing, powerful, loving, um, supportive energies that we come into this life with and we have that are with us every single step of our way. Every time you're having an inspired thought, every single time you have an aha, I really do believe that that is because of the unseen, unheard um, support around us, whether it's different nature spirits as you're on a walk and um, kind of interacting with you and perhaps gently guiding you or whether it's uh, one of your main spirit guides that's actually guiding your your actions and your steps. It's really, really amazing how supported we can feel when we open ourselves up to recognizing what's there. It's not something new. We're just remembering. We're remembering. And it is our birthright to remember this intuitive nature that all of our ancestors knew at some point in the past because they were in these intact cultures where this existed. 
Um, I believe that developing our intuition supports our well-being and our healing because, you know, for my own self, using, connecting to my intuition has given me so much insight into what's happening in my body, what's happening um, when my body's out of balance, when illness happens. There's just so much that can come from more of an intuitive lens that from that place, we can really understand patterns in a different way. So I really believe our intuition, developing our intuition supports us on those pieces as well. I believe our intuition supports us to have a deep sense of purpose. I, I think, you know, when people come to me and they say that they don't know what their purpose is, I believe intuition is the way to find that answer. Intuition helps us find our purpose, helps us align with our destiny, you might say, our um, soul's contract, agreements, role that we're meant to play. I believe that intuition, developing our intuition can support us to heal unhealthy patterns, habits, behaviors. They can be understood and released, whether it's understanding the greater ancestral connections that are there that we wouldn't otherwise access without working with our intuition, or whether it's really using intuitive tools to access parts of ourselves, like our inner children, and healing those. Uh, Developing our intuition supports us to really, like, uncover our known and our unknown desires. I think that it really is this amazing tool that takes us to the center of who we are, the center of our essence. Because when we're talking about our inner intuition, our inner intuition experience, we're getting in touch with our soul's voice, our own inner truth. It's a journey to the center of who we are, the essence of who we are. When we have intuition and and cultivate that consistently, we recognize that the universe has a greater plan for us than our minds. (laughs) Our minds are limited. I think I've said this before on the podcast. I had no idea. And there was like no inkling in my mind that this is going to be the sacred role I was meant to play. Um, No idea. But gosh, it's so magical. And I'm so grateful that this is a sacred role. And it makes so much sense now. It makes so much sense now. Um, and, And I was able to weave those pieces together and understand where I was being guided and why different opportunities were coming to me. Uh, because of my intuition. My intuition is really the vessel that supported me to help to make sense of what was happening. And ultimately, also, I believe that connecting and developing our intuition has this amazing way of bringing magic to the ordinary. This is something that many of us lose when we become adults. We lose the wonder. We lose the magic. We lose the... um, I don't want to say... We, use, we lose the beauty and the simple. If you watch children, they really have this. You know, children speak to plants and insects and animals. And, and as adults, we often make fun of that. But there's something very, very deeply profound that's happening there. Um, so if you have children and if you're open to this, I really encourage you not to shut that down. I really encourage you not to shut that down. Because they're... There are ways when we're younger that our intuitive channels are still open because we haven't been socialized out of them and we are able to be in communication in ways that is inherent to how we show up, 
how is it that all these species across the planet, like if you just isolate the the plant world and you look um, and you look at the plant world, the plant world is constantly in communication with each other, constantly in communication. The fungi underneath the earth is like this, um, you know, they call it researchers and botanists and Uh, And herbalists talk about how it forms like kind of like an internet basically underneath the forest floor that exists where plants can communicate with each other. Um, You know, how is it that these different species of plant life can communicate with each other and, and animals interact and work with that, but we're just isolated? How? So... That's my little food for thought to get us kicked off on intuition development. I hope that you found this episode as rich as it was for me to create it. Over the next couple uh, sessions, we'll be diving in further and I'll be talking about some aspects, some kind of aspects of of developing our intuition, uh, like a beginner's mind and why I think that that's important to maintain the 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 principles of patience and slowing down when we're developing our intuition and how really comparing how intuition shows up to us to others can totally kill your intuition. So I'm going to talk about those topics and more. If there's a very specific um, topic related to intuition development that you'd love for me to talk about on the podcast, or if you have an entirely different topic that you want me to talk about, uh, you can head on over to my website, marcymoberg.com forward slash podcast, scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see a submit your questions button and you can submit your questions. I'm really look forward to, um, to answering them. In the meantime, there's lots of opportunities coming up for you. Uh, if any of this resonated with you, if this podcast is resonating with you and you would like to start to study with me. I am going to be opening up my flagship course, Intuition 101, the week of April 6th. Make sure you are on my email list so you are the first to be notified when doors open. I'm really, really excited to be offering this during the springtime. It's usually something I only offer in the fall. So I'm excited to kind of open this up in the springtime. And um, it'll be a journey where we really do develop your intuition and we go deep you know somebody once somebody recently had told me that they thought I should rename the course and I don't know it's something I might think about doing in the future because it is so much more than a 101 it is um I have designed it for people of all levels and I really do go step by step along the way so you don't have to let that intimidate you but you won't walk out the other side <clears throat> just a one on one 101er like you won't walk out with like a um a tertiary introductory lesson you will <clears throat> walk out with a lot of depth and a lot of tools that you will continue to carry throughout the rest of your life i i've heard um from students who took the course during the first year that I offered it. And they've written me and told me how those tools are helping them right now during this coronavirus in a huge way that they have been absolutely essential to their emotional, mental, and spiritual health during this time. So if uh, if the idea of learning more about intuition and like intentionally developing it excites you, things like talking to spirit guides, <clears throat> things like learning how to tap into the inner voice, your your own soul's inner voice, 
things like learning how to start to work with dreams and receiving messages that way, reading signs and synchronicities, this course is for you. Check it out on my website. Make sure you're on my email list. And in the meantime, I hope you, you and yours stay safe. You take care of yourself. Um, <clears throat> and don't forget that opportunity. If you're listening to this the week of um, March 30th, I have a gathering on Thursday, April 2nd, where we will all come together and I'll be leading you through a ritual, talk a little bit more about the collective, the messages that are coming through for the collective right now, and lead you through a ritual where we will tap into our spirit guides together. There's a lot of power that can happen when we tap in as a collective group, um, because it creates a, a group field that you can tap into. So Again, same thing, If you, whether you're brand new to Spirit Guides or not, I hope you'll think about joining me. I priced it at a super reasonable, affordable price of $10 um, discounted rate. And if you really, really can't afford that in this economic times, no problem. You just send me an email and we'll make sure that you can join us. So again, all those details will be in the show notes and on my website. And I look forward to talking to you again next time. Lots of love. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast, Tune In with Marcy. I hope you loved this episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review. Ideally, five stars. That way, more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com. That's my first and last name.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love. Lots of love.